our retail landscape seems to be just dominated by international brands. And there's just such a sameness across uh, throughout North America. And uh, I'm, I really appreciate any business that stands out and develops and whether it's just a, a one-off that's great or a regional brand or someone like us is now branching out to kind of elbow our way in amongst the giants. Anyone that does that, I'm uh, proud of what they've done. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the co-founder of Good Earth Coffee House. They've been around for 30 plus years. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Michael. Well, thanks very much, Joe. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I love the mission of Good Earth Coffee House, uh, being a coffee house that serves good food. Um, but yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do and a little bit about your journey to become uh, where you are today. Well, sure. My role at Good Earth is uh, as a co-founder, and I also uh, am the chief executive officer as well. I uh, certainly uh, perform all of the CEO roles, but I'm also uh, heading up our business development too. So I'm out, one out there that's uh, out pounding the pavement to some degree, bird dogging uh, locations and uh, establishing uh, relationships to, uh, to grow our brand. And uh, we're in actually a really strong growth phase right now. Absolutely. I saw you guys uh, open up a new uh, location in Sunridge Mall area. Uh, converting that from a Starbucks to a Good Earth, I believe? Well, that's right. Um, Starbucks has closed uh, about 350 cafes right across Canada. And uh, a lot of those are, are just really nice uh, former locations. And uh, we've said that we would uh, step into uh, a number of those and uh, serve the customers that they've left behind. That's very neat. Uh, so let's maybe rewind a little bit. I'm always curious about the entrepreneur or CEO's uh, uh, background origin story. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got to uh, your current role today. Were you always an entrepreneur-minded uh, kid growing up? Or uh, yeah, I'd love to get your insight there. Well, sure. I'm uh, I'm a true Southern Albertan. I was born in High River and uh, raised in a ranching family. And I think um, people from rural agricultural backgrounds just tend to be more entrepreneurial. You know, we don't really have bosses. I guess the bosses we have are the uh, the land and the animals that we have to take care of, but um, we don't really have anyone looking over our shoulder, um, you know, telling us what to do. Um, so I think that's, that's probably where it came from. Um, I did have a couple of uh, corporate uh, jobs that helped prepare me for this one. And actually my, uh, I guess the biggest education I got was working for a a large retail developer. Uh, we owned and uh, managed uh, shopping centers throughout North America. So I was very much involved in the, uh, the leasing, the managing and uh, marketing of those projects. And that gave me uh, some really vi uh, valuable background to bring uh, when my wife Nan and I developed the concept of Good Earth. Oh, very interesting. So uh, maybe you could dive into a little bit more about uh, maybe something Good Earth does that's the listeners don't know about? Well, I guess I would say a lot of people don't know that we are um, founded and based here in, in Calgary. Um, we think that's important to let more people know about that. But um, as you mentioned in the beginning, Joe, is that we really are a true coffee house. And, and a coffee house is uh, 
uh, a place that brings people together. You know, our, our uh, purpose is really to connect with people, to, to make people feel good. And in today's world, where it seems that the um, international coffee brands that tend to dominate our landscape um, are really um, moved even further into drive-throughs. And um, they're very successful. I certainly uh, wouldn't take that away from them, but they don't connect with people. You know, I don't, uh, I don't think you'll have people say to you, uh, let's meet at the drive-through and, and uh, reconnect and visit and, and get to know each other. So, so we really see um, that, that um, being a part of a community, bringing people together, connecting with people as a, as a very important role that uh, our coffee houses uh, provide. Mm-hmm. Connecting with community, indeed. Uh, I've been to quite a few gooders, and uh, just the atmosphere in there. I mean, it's very community minded, which is what I what I love about it. Um, speaking about your career, though, is there? You said you worked at corporate a little bit that helped prepare you to uh, for your leadership role now. Um, would you, is there any piece of advice you'd give to any entrepreneurs or leaders uh, that you wish you would have known when you first began your career? You know, I, I felt that um, both my wife, Nan, and I have founded the, uh, the business, and her background is actually in shopping center and retail marketing as well. So we had a pretty good uh, background in, in business. Uh, we didn't have a strong background in food and beverage. So, um, you know, we had some strong skill sets. And I guess I would say to anyone who's embarking on a on a entrepreneurial path is to know what your strengths are and then uh, learn pretty quickly or bring in those uh, people who have the skill sets maybe you don't have so that you can uh, create a balanced team. Absolutely. It's all about, all about who you surround yourself with. Uh, you want to complement your skills with uh, mm-hmm. other people. Uh, that's what I always like to say. So with entrepreneurship, it's not always roses and sunshine. Um, there's obviously some challenges along the way. Uh, for you, Michael, has there been any uh, big challenge that sticks out of mind that you had to really overcome, use that resiliency muscle that we so much talk about as entrepreneurs? Um, maybe you could share uh, uh, an experience where you found that uh, uh, use of your resiliency muscle uh, handy. Sure, there's there definitely been a, a ups and downs, and and some of the fierce competition we've faced from the multinational brands that I won't mention now, but I think everyone could imagine who those are. It's really just kind of withstanding that um, the juggernaut of competition from those major brands was is difficult for any smaller uh, independent or regional operator to uh, to withstand, and and we were able to do that. I would have to say, though, that um, one of the one of the challenges I think in in Canada for a lot of business, not just food and beverage, but it's uh, a lack of capital. You know, our banks are really um, they're they're just so risk averse um, that they it's really difficult to raise money. Uh, and and one of our challenges and mistake I would say that we made was when we moved uh, we expanded into the Ontario market about six or seven years ago. Um, and we were undercapitalized, and uh, and that really um, caused some pain. Um, we we ended up having to walk away from a few locations, and uh, and are still overcoming the financial drain of having done those things. When you sign a lease, uh, they're for long terms, and uh, uh, it's probably easier getting out of a, a bad relationship than it is getting out of a bad lease sometimes. So. A lack of capital uh, in uh, in Canada is is a real issue, and and I don't have an answer um, on how to improve that, but I just know that it is a barrier for not only our industry but many industries. Mm, lack of capital, yeah, I, I hear that uh, quite often. You just need the 
capital to expand. And sometimes that's not available to some leaders and entrepreneurs. Uh, you mentioned that you're across Canada now. I'm sure there's been many uh, growing pains along the way from originally starting locally here in Calgary. Um, maybe you could walk us through some of the uh, experiences and um, sort of the growth. Uh, I mean, growing the growing the, across Canada with all the all the stores. Sure. Well, we um, we started out operating as an opening and operating corporately uh, run stores. And uh, we built up to about 10 uh, locations and they were all pretty busy, pretty successful. Um, but then we were starting to get stretched pretty thin operationally, the ability to manage uh, uh, th- those cafes. Um, and that was, uh, that was back in the um, early 2000s. And for those of us in business back then will rem- remember that actually just getting staff in those days was really difficult. And, and we'd end up hiring staff that we knew that maybe weren't the best choices, but we just needed some bodies. At that time, we started in, uh, investigating the idea of um, converting to a franchise uh, model. And we took about a, a year, year and a half to do that. And we consulted, you know, experts in the industry and lawyers and, uh, and then uh, developed the, uh, the uh, paperwork, the documentation, the systems, and then uh, transitioned to become a, a true franchise model, which we are now. So that then has allowed us to uh, pick up the pace of our expansion as we've uh, been able to expand at a, at a faster rate. So a franchise model at, at scale, um, scale being you need a, a number of uh, locations or basically a, the, a large enough uh, royalty revenue stream to, to reach efficiencies. It's a nice model. It takes a little effort to get there. Absolutely. Actually, a lot of the listeners are, are aspiring entrepreneurs. And it seems just from my experience is that um, going into a franchise uh, is sort of a, a good good step if you want to experience entrepreneurship is there any advice you'd give to uh, franchisees or people that are looking to um, go into the franchise model sure it's a it's an excellent model there's no doubt about it i would you know do your homework but there's lots of information out there Uh, the canadian franchise association is uh is our uh, gold standard industry organization that uh, will provide all kinds of expertise and information to anyone who's interested about franchising uh, as it happens, um, our president and chief operating officer, Jerry Doherty, has been the uh, chair of the board of directors of the uh, Canadian Franchise Association for a few years now. And uh, Jerry's really uh, kept us uh, at uh, just at, at the top of uh, latest issues uh, for both franchisors and franchisees. Um, but I think in today's world, too, it's, um, you know, it's risky. It's as risky now as ever it has been to venture out on your own. And if you... Uh, can choose uh, the type of business and the, and the right franchisor to partner up with as a franchisee. Uh, it can be a, a, a much uh, safer way to ensure some success. And, and uh, we, we refer to our franchisees as our operating partners. We partner with them. Um, we, as if they succeed, we succeed. So we're completely focused on their success. Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh partnership mentality or partnership structure. It's a very, it seems very accommodating to the, the franchisees. What would you say is the best or maybe most unique skill set that you have that's made you become uh, such a success? My real estate background helped a lot, you know, in securing uh, real estate. Um, that, that helped a great deal. Um, I, I also have been a real, um, student of, of consumer habits and uh, really just kind of being able to look 
down the road a little bit further to see um, trends and uh, and uh, wants and needs of consumers, and then we tried to you know uh, lead and 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 provide those. I would say those are the biggest one. I, I you know I, I I tend to think I'm a bit of a natural leader. Um, sometimes you know you hear the argument are are leaders born or made. I tend to think that a, a true leader has to have some kind of inherent leadership qualities, and uh, I think I've been able to bring that to our team. You mentioned the consumer habits, not to put you on the spot, though, I'd be interested. Is there any interesting trends in that sort of realm of things or um, anything you could share with the listeners? Well, you know, I think all of us um, can appreciate that uh, the COVID pandemic has really altered consumer habits. And uh, we're not sure exactly what the fallout is going to be. You know, anyone um, selling uh, online products or services has done really well. So there's been a real big pull into uh, e-commerce. Um, will that will that stay with us? Or will there be a bit of a, will the pendulum swing back a little bit more to consumers looking to get out uh, and, and appreciate um, an environment or an experience more than they have online? Um, you know, online is very efficient, but it's not really all that fulfilling or gratifying. Um, so we're looking to see what's happening there. You know, we, uh, we go into um, office environments, you know, the base of an office building. And uh, certainly uh, Calgary's probably um, been the, the, the toughest um, hit office, uh, downtown office environment in Canada. But even in the major centers like Toronto, um, you know, their, their office buildings, the office workers have really cleared out through the pandemic. They're starting to come back in. But, you know, to what degree of occupancy will they be back and over what period of time? So that's, that's, that's a real big one. And I'm not the only one who's giving a, a lot of thought to that. Major developers throughout North America are, are um, figuring out how to, how to bring workers back to their buildings. Hmm. Yeah, you mentioned challenges with uh, raising capital, again, that capital to really expand. But I'm, I'm just curious uh, with COVID pandemic, like you mentioned, how has that affected uh, the business or you personally, if you if you want to share uh, over the last, uh, I believe it's been two years now. So uh, I'd be curious. Sure, the the last couple of years have been have been tough, Joe. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think most uh, most uh, businesses in food and beverage, hospitality, tourism. You know, we really kind of took it um, on the chin. Um, and, uh, we, we definitely saw, um, closures, mandated closures, or when you're not, you know, you can't have your customers stay in your establishment, you know, I think what that does, no seating. Um, so, you know, and, and closures on, um, uh, university campuses, recreational centers where we have locations. I mean, if they're closed, that's it. You're, you have zero revenue. So, uh, we've been impacted. Um, we've been able to hang on and I admit that the, uh, Happy to admit that the government programs that put forth were very helpful. Um, you know, we're always would have liked to have seen more, but the, what the government's uh, various levels of government did were very helpful. Um, we're, we're still standing. You know, I think anyone who's made it this far um, through the pandemic, I think we're all starting to see um, business come back. It'll be, a, it'll be a long recovery period. It's not going to happen overnight by any means, but uh, as long as we're on the path to recovering and seeing consumers come back, Getting out and uh, and 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 uh, visiting local businesses, restaurants, bars, music and entertainment venues, all those types of things. We'll be we'll be watching that that continues. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think we'll be back. I mean, we were such a resilient city and uh, even right now it seems like things are looking up. So uh, absolutely. I think we'll be back. One thing I did want to touch on though, uh, was that you've been in the, the business for 30 plus years and um, in Calgary in the community here. So I'd be curious to get your perspective on how has Calgary changed from when you first started uh, to where you are today? Well, sure. I, yeah, that's 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 an easy one. Um, Thirty years ago, there, you know, Calgary had a had a, a pretty small um, food scene for sure. Coffee scene. We were the third coffee, um, uh, you know, coffee house to really open in 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 Calgary. So um, at that time, I mean, people didn't know how to pronounce a latte. Um, <laughs> you know, Starbucks was years before arriving on the scene. So. Um, there's been over the time, obviously, the food and beverage scene has just exploded and blossomed. And now I would say Calgary has one of the, you know, as, as good a food scene as, you know, any city in, in Canada and North America. Um, and coffee, too. People are much more sophisticated about what really good coffee is. Um, we serve um, the best coffee that the planet has to offer in regards to how we source our beans, how we roast our beans in small batches, uh, the equipment that we use and the training we give our staff. So we've actually found that as people become more sophisticated about coffee, um, they'll come to us and appreciate what we, uh, what we do for them. And, and we see that continuing. Um, you know, we're, we're not overly concerned about some of the, the major brands really getting too far into specialty coffee. You know, they just, they're just not committed to it the way you need to, to, to really succeed. Speaking of the coffee or even food and beverage industry in general, have you, is there anything on your radar that uh, has the potential to revolutionize the industry or even change it? Well, change it, I would say, as, uh, as coffee being the, the product that we sell the most of, uh, climate change. Uh, global climate change is a real issue. Um, coffee is an is a, a agricultural product that is... Um, quite receptive to climate change. It doesn't handle drought well. It doesn't handle um, infestations of insects or um, various other uh, things that affect it. So that's, that's a real big one. And it's, it's a big worry. Uh, coffee is a, it's a huge industry around the world. Uh, next to water, coffee is the most uh, consumed beverage on the, on the planet um, and, and employs millions, tens of millions of people around the world. So um, that's a, that's a big one. And, and, uh, There'll be regions that grow coffee now that may not be able to. I, I suppose that may open up other um, regions that may start developing and, and growing coffee. But right now, um, the industry has a, is watching that pretty carefully. Mm. Yeah, climate change is going to impact many industries. And I can definitely see how it could impact the food and beverage coffee industry. That's definitely on the radar for, for many people. Uh, for what's... What's maybe one common misconception or myth about the industry or even your work in general that you could share with the listeners? Well, you know, I don't know. I think maybe some people have the misconception that, um, boy, if you sell, a, you know, a, a cup of coffee for $2, you're making, you know, $1.80 profit on that. And that's just not the case. There's just so many built-in um, cost structures throughout that, that the, um, the, uh, the margins on, on selling coffee are really not that different from any other food and beverage item. 
Um, and I would also say that if uh, for anyone, any of us who provide um, better quality food products, source better quality food, it costs more to do that, you know, and that's why prices have to uh, have to uh, increase a little bit. So the cost of doing business is, is challenging. It gets more challenging now as um, um, shipping costs go up, the cost of um, utilities go up, all those types of things. I mean, they just keep eating away at, at margins and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for us to stay in business, all of all of us uh, in business have to pass those uh, those costs on. Hmm. Is there is there any resource or maybe even mentor uh, that's helped you in your career in your uh, journey to to help help you become successful? And is there is there any particular uh, thing you would uh, advice you'd give to the listeners on maybe best resources uh, to for their career path? Well, you know, whatever your career path was, as I said earlier, is, you know, know what you know, know what your skill sets are, what you uh, bring to uh, an organization, um, a business, and then bring people in um, that fill the, fill the blank spots that maybe you don't have. And, and you don't have to hire those people, but, you know, get good lawyer advice, legal advice get good accounting advice. Um, so those types of things, you know, you can, you can broaden a list of uh, advisors and business partners without having them on your payroll. And I would say, you know, right off the bat, that's a, that's a good thing to do. You know, a board of advisors, um, typically you can always find friends, family members who have some expertise in some areas that are more than willing to help out without, you know, costing you money. So that's, uh, you know, that's a good way to start. You don't have to just do it on your own. I love that. Has there been any particular thing you've read or even listened to that's really inspired you? You know, I've certainly gone through reading, you know, all of the business books out there and um, self-help and things like that. And, and I'm a real big believer in, um, in personal development and, and professional development as well. And, and I never stopped learning. Um, you know, but I would just, just generally speaking, you know, and I would say now there's just so much more information out there. It's easy to almost get overwhelmed. You know, sometimes you have to just sort of, uh, you know, pick a few um, authors or resources and follow those. It's, uh, it's like, you know, getting a golf advice. If you start looking at, three different tips every day, you'll tie yourself in knots. You know, it's uh, sometimes get a little bit of advice, follow it, but don't, uh, don't, don't turn yourself inside out getting too much. <laughs> I love that. Just don't get overwhelmed. Just uh, <laughs> consume at your pace. Uh, you mentioned golf advice. Uh, how do you balance work-life balance? Um, you're leading this big growing company, uh, how do you have time to just have time for yourself, time for Michael? <laughs> well, I would say family time. You know, my wife and I have been involved in business for uh, the duration of this too. So it's important that um, we're able to kind of step back away from the business. Uh, we have a, a 21 year old daughter who's at university now. Uh, you know, as any entrepreneur, entrepreneur will probably tell you, we wish that we had a little bit more time um, and balance in our lives. Um, it comes and goes. There's times, I guess, if, if it looks like you've got kind of a, a time where you can take some, some, some personal time, then do it because there'll be other times where you just can't and you're on call seven days a week, 24-7. So, 
you know, it just depends. I mean, I, I'm a real outdoors person, so anytime I have some some uh, some time, I'll be outside doing something, whether it's golfing, skiing, hiking. Um, I will say though that um, I have been in, uh, very deeply involved in uh, land conservation over the years, um, sitting on a, a number of boards um, and uh, working on cons- conserving land, uh, water, and animals throughout uh, Alberta, and that's been. Um, a real good balance and quite gratifying for me to do outside of, uh, of our business. Yeah. I saw that uh, you're part of, I believe it was the natural conservancy of Canada organization. Nature conservancy of Canada and, and many others before that as well. So both locally and, uh, and nationally. Well, that's awesome. Is there anything that you're proud of that uh, we haven't talked about in the interview that you'd love to share with the listeners? Well, you know, I, I guess I would say that I'm really proud of the of uh, the brand, the Good Earth Coffee House brand that we developed. I think we're just really in a in a heyday of of um, of really being um, more widely um, recognized and appreciated as we expand across Canada. And I think that'll that'll just pick up. So, you know, nurturing our brand through the years has has been um, challenging, but uh, but gratifying as well. Um, I'm very proud of the, the team of people that I have around me that's um, helped us uh, get to this stage. I'm very proud of the hard work that our franchisees put into uh, their businesses every day because it's it's an everyday business. Um, and I'm really proud of uh, the conservation work that I've done. Um, I've helped establish um, some provincially protected areas, um, some large ranches that will maintain their ranching status and not be chopped <clears throat> chopped up into acreages, things like that. So. Um, really based on Alberta. You know, I'm really truly connected to this province and uh, will continue to be so. Mm, I love that. So what's next for Michael in uh, Good Earth? Is there any exciting plans in the future? Well, you know, I guess just building our brand nationally. Um, that, you know, we're right now we're, uh, we're just moving back into Ontario in a pretty significant way. So this time we're going in capitalized and with uh, some momentum behind us. So uh, that'll be a big one to, uh, you know, to uh, introduce our brand into, uh, you know, the largest market in Canada. Um, but I think we've got a, a pretty good strategy on, on how to do that. We're literally just days away from making a pretty major announcement that's going to garner some real attention for um, who, we're partnering, who we are partnering up with. Well, that's exciting. I'll make sure to uh, watch out for that and uh, <laughs> keep an eye out. You guys have exciting things coming, so um, it's awesome to see. I only have a couple more questions here for you, uh, Michael. Um, this question I always like to ask just because um, it gives you an opportunity to talk about something that maybe you don't get the opportunity to and that is, what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Well, you know, that's, a, that's quite a question. I don't know if I can answer that um, directly, Joe. Um, I am always surprised, though, at how many people don't know that Good Earth is based here in Calgary. Um, you know, I'll be sitting beside someone on an airplane or, or just any sort of a situation, and, uh, and people will seem surprised when I say, no, we're, we're from Calgary here. We're, you know, born and bred. And uh, so that's, that's something, I guess... Um, I wish more people would ask me that so I could tell them that's the case. (laughs) It's good earth from Calgary. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, good to know. And I'm sure our listeners maybe didn't know that either. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, as I said earlier, our our retail landscape seems to be just dominated by international brands. And there's just such a sameness across uh, throughout North America. And uh, I, I, I really appreciate any business 
that stands out and develops and whether it's just a, a one-off that's great or a, or a regional brand or, or someone like us is now branching out to become more of a, a regional brand to kind of elbow our way in amongst the giants. That's uh, anyone that does that has my, uh, I, I, I'm uh, proud of what they've done. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You, you keep mentioning brand and um, I'm actually a marketing uh, consultant myself. So I'm just curious what's, how would you describe Good Earth's brand? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, again, we're a coffee house with good food. That, that's what we do. But it's, it's really the, it's the why. Um, it's our vision by, of bringing people together, of making uh, ethical choices environmentally and, and socially. Um, it's bringing our best uh, every day in, in coffee, food, and attitude. And, um, you know, our, our daily commitments, I can tell that we share with our staff are to uh, be kind, be helpful, um, be curious, be responsible, be respectful, and uh, be real. Mm. I love that. That's literally my uh, <laughs> my life mo: just be kind, be curious, and uh, be accountable. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's aligned pretty well there. <laughs> uh, where can our listeners connect with you uh, online if they want to uh, follow up with any questions or just connect and watch what uh, good stuffs coming through Good Earth? Well, I'm I'm all, always available to have a great coffee at a at a Good Earth Cafe anytime. I pretty much start my day every day of, uh, of the year with a great Good Earth coffee, unless I'm traveling away from from our cafes. So, always happy to meet people and have a coffee and get to know them um, by connecting. Um, my uh, email address is Michael at GoodEarthCoffeeHouse.com. So, I'm uh, always available to uh, to be uh, to be contacted by uh, by anyone. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put those in the show notes. So people, please reach out if you do have a question and connect with Michael. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast, Michael. Um, I'd like to end the podcast with one question. Uh, since it's a leadership podcast, I have a bunch of entrepreneurs, leaders come through the podcast. So my last question to you, Michael, is what does being a leader or leadership uh, mean to you? Well, that one is, um, I think I believe that the, the main job of a leader is is uh, to provide growth and uh, development uh, of others. I think that's the highest calling of leadership is develop others. That's to me, that's what it is. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Going and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right. See you next time. <laughs>